Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Stephen the Warman Writes Kickfighting Podcast Show. I'm your host, Stephen the Warman. You are listening to this podcast in one of two ways. Either you are at my, excuse me, multiple ways. Either you're at my blog, L-O-R-D-G-A-U-L dot podbean dot com, or you're at the most efficient way, the iTunes search engine, enter Warman Kickfighting Show, and the show pops right up. Also, shout out to T.A. DeSantis and the guys at uh, Between Round Radio uh, for their continued work as far as pushing my podcast and helping things get better. So... Been going through the, a crazy few weeks at my gym. You know, I've had, uh, you know, I've got a big promotion coming up. Uh, I promote shows here in Texas, and I'm trying to get around doing all the COVID requirements and making sure that everybody's safe. Also, I had a couple of athletes that have left the, our gym, uh, luckily left the gym early, and they ended up getting COVID. So I just uh, had, you know, situations where. I wasn't able to focus on the podcast as such, but I'm back. And not only am I back, I've got results to talk about. We've got kickboxing, and it's coming back in a big way. One championship coming back. Glory Kickboxing announcing they're coming back. Also, we're going to talk some K1 stuff. I'm just really, really excited for um, the things that are happening in the sports world. I understand the dangers of what we are doing, but, you know, uh, I was... um, fortunate to go out and work the uh, fight island. You know, we we didn't get the W that time, but it was important to me to see how it worked for me to see how they put together a show that had testing, that had the restrictions that they had, that they were able to safely put together a good um, combat sports event uh, with an environment where everybody was tested regularly. So I'm really, really hoping that, you know, I can recreate something similar here in Texas. I've got some, you know, things laid out for, you know, how I'm going to go about my own promotion. But these last couple of weeks, I've been doing a lot of learning. So I make sure that I put on a safe show, which meant it's taken away from my time to sit down and really study and get to know uh, what's going on in the kickboxing world. With that said, your boy is back. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. Uh, We're going to talk about one championship, no surrender. Um, One of the precautions that they've taken is they pretty much put together a full card that was of all taking place in Thailand with with Thai fighters. The only thing that really took from this card is the fact that there was no crowd. There was no, um, I'd say, excitement uh, for fights that for sure should have had excitement. I didn't feel like the crowd was really, really behind it the way that they could have been or should have been. Um, but I still think that they did a great job of putting together a show. Mike Chevelle doing his best to, to work the commentary and sell you on the event. So uh, they had some really good fights. Going to go ahead and go from the bottom up. Uh, Muay Thai Superlek Kip Mung Nine gets victory over Pompeyaka Jit Mwing Nan by unanimous decision. Pompeo, of course, one of the all-time greats, had a excellent run between 2010 and 2020, uh, excuse me, 2020. By far, in my opinion, clearing away the best full rules Muay Thai fighter during that period of time, uh, making an argument for one of the greatest of all time in that gap. Pompeo, very talented, uh, really mean with those long kicks. Um, he is four and one in the series before this loss to Superlek. I would say Superlek had a better understanding of what. One championship is looking for scoring wise. Uh, Pompeyak, who can win with the, the you know the power leg, but also he has such a huge advantage in the grapple. When he gets into the the clinch, he's able to work, tie up the arms, find his knees, turn people. He's able to find those opportunities. I actually word that he got injured very early in this fight. He had a moment where he threw a kick and he fell down in a weird way, and you know he, he sold it 
if he was hurt, he sold that he wasn't hurt very well. But I did notice that the gusto in the left leg wasn't the same, and he's more looking for opportunities. Whereas, as I mentioned before, Superlek just understood that, hey, they do not give the long clinch as much in the um, one championship rule set, whether he's looking at one or whether he was looking at... Um, any of the others, you know, as far as like K1 and, and Glory, I think the understanding is the international product means they want to see more boxing. You know, I think that that's very important. They want to see the hands go a little bit more. So he was able to get spots where he threw some super hard thunderous combos, and then he was able to find the uh, kicks on the end here and there. Uh, I thought that he had a great start in one and two, and I think in round three, Super liked to uh, took the foot off the gas, played backwards, um, looked for the counter a little bit more, got up early and then kind of relaxed, whereas Pompeyak was fighting back uh, and never was able to get enough offense to sway the judges. So Super Light gets the victory there. Um, so the series now goes forward two, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, still in favor of Pompeyak, but good win for Super Light. Next fight on the card, Superbon um, gets the fight with Sidichai, and it just needs to be said. Man, these guys are good. Superbon is so freaking good. Like, it just blows me away how talented this dude is with his timing, with his opportunities, with his movement. Just, he was firing that power leg so hard. Like, his right leg is legit. And when you see this matchup, you're thinking, okay, Sidichai with the left leg, how is he going to battle with a tie who can hold his ground? One of the things that really separates the best fighters in the world, it's not so much that their offense is really, really good. Clearly, that comes into play. Their defense and their ability to absorb offense is another thing that really sets them apart. When Sidichai bangs that left leg and glory, he's knocking guys all over the place. You know, Baya and, you know, even John C. Like, those are, you know, good fighters who just, when the left leg was fired, they, you know, they had to, it moved them. You know, he's a powerful, powerful kid. Go ahead, enter Superbon. He fires that left leg, Superbon would counter back with his own right leg. Like, he was so strong. He was able to get an advantage in the boxing. Sidichai was fighting, but he always felt like he was just a little bit behind. Um, I gave all three rounds to Superbon, but I thought that Sidichai really did make a good account for himself and showed his own talent. Um, but Superbon, as I'm watching him, watching his boxing, watching his movement, and again, he had some moments where Sidichai did get the kick in and did get some boxing going. I just thought that he was the clear, cleaner kickboxing kickboxer throughout, and I was just blown away with his talent. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm watching this guy, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself over and over, I am stunned how good this dude is. This dude is phenomenal. He is a really, really good fighter. So you go with those two, and then you, you know, got Marat Gregorian, the arrow will probably look at them. Uh, you can still make an argument for later in his life, uh, Georgia Petrosian getting into that argument. But he's got to meet Steve Superbond. It's going to happen. He's got to meet City It's going to happen. They're in the same promotion. So, you know, I'm not sure what Italy's flight restrictions are at the moment. But as soon as uh, one championship opens things up a little bit more, I see those opportunities coming. But man, oh, man. Superbon can freaking fire that right leg. He is a talent, so good stuff. We will go back to Muay Thai, five-rounder for the title. Um, as Petch Morkot defeats Yotsin Klai, uh, Fairtex, in a fight that actually kind of made me feel a little bit sad. Petch Morkot, you know, definitely younger, uh, good talent moving up. Uh, of course, he had the victory uh, against Petrosian that was overturned, and then he lost in the rematch, and, you know, it's just... He's a talent. He's a very, very good guy. Um, and uh, Yotin Klai, I, I said this on Twitter, you know, when the loss happened, the 
fight that made Jotunkai internationally famous was the WBC um, uh, first title for the weight division. I believe it was for 160 pounds. So uh, he fought John Wayne Parr in that fight, and he came in, and he was 20 years old, and they were like, he's the Lumpini champion. And I remember John Wayne because the kid did such a great job of, you know, before social media was fight forums, and he did such a great job of fight forums. John Wayne, I remember him posting the pictures of it. And then they had the fight, and it was a battle. And of course, uh, Yosinkai landed the you know the sneaky head kick, and and uh, was able to score in the boxing. And it just it went his way that night. I was letting people know that that fight happened in two thousand and five, and here we are in two thousand twenty. Uh, so many wars, so many elite guys. Uh, a period of time where he moved up was considered one of the best. His training work ethic wasn't as strong. Then he started to come into some losses. He had the fight of the year candidate with um, uh, Arthur Koshenko in, um, I want to say that was Sweden. And I look at that and I look at all that evidence and I look at all that battling and I go, man, I thought that might have been the end of his career. Like that period of time, I thought that might have been it. Then next thing you know, he gets strength conditioning coach, something he never had before, started doing CrossFit a little bit. All of a sudden, he's got abs, and then he goes on this great run from 2012, I want to say, maybe 2013, to 2019, where he does not lose. And he's, the opposition matters, so it's not like he's going against the best of the best at that period of time, but he's beating good guys. The one championship opportunity opens up, and you see, you know, uh, the small gloves and the lead uppercuts, and, and, you know, he's still going out there, and you see that he still has it. But literally, it was like he kind of fell off a roof almost. The thing that's the most stunning is his ability to absorb offense and his ability to evade offense. In the early day, his understanding of distance when he leaned out of the way of offense was really high level. It was so hard to get a hold of this guy. You would throw combos, threes and fours. He'd lean out of the way and he'd get that back leg moving and you wouldn't score any of it. Flash forward to today, go ahead and throw that same offense. He just leans and puts his weights on the back leg. Either he looks for the counter or he waits for you to stop punching. And I remember that's how he got knocked out when he was in a tie fight, uh, when he uh, fought in Japan, or fought the Japanese kid in um, China. I remember he was like one of the only guys from the uh, tie fight team to lose. But the thing that he did was, he would lean and wait for the guy to stop punching, and then he'd go into the counter, but the guy didn't stop punching, and he was able to hurt him and get him out of there. Here, he's just absorbing shots. He doesn't have the movement, doesn't have the savviness. His ability to throw back wasn't there. Uh, didn't let the left leg go as much. Now, again, he's fought, fighting another tie style, but when he moved up on a scene, he still had, you know, in the stadium scene, he still was really mean with that body kick. You can just see... A guy who was Lumpini champion in 2004, a guy who was WBC champion in 2005, were asking the same of him in 2020, and it's just not happening. So these last three fights, you know, again, the war is there. The ability to battle back is there, and he's tough, and even though he goes down, he's going to fight back. It's just he doesn't have what made him great, and it's sad to see. It is sad. He is older. It is sad. So... Go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, Peshmorkot gets the victory. Clearly, it's about the build-up for his next fight because they, they, they just that's their next step is to work on build-up for one championship. They've got talent. It's, the steps of the build has, has not been as good. We move to the main event for a guy who has been moved well, and it helped the, uh, uh, you know, the 
the Rise, um, you know, tournament helped him as far as his recognition. But Rod Tang, who is considered the all-world, all-action fighter in the combat sports world, he is must-see TV. He gets Petch Dom in a very, very good fight. Same thing. Petch Dom was not coming in here to be an opponent. He knew the game. Score stepped to the side. Now, Rod Tang's not, you know, invincible. Like someone, uh, I can't remember the fight off the top of my head, but he lost back in February, and the guy just played the game. Um... Played the body kick, stepped to the side, uh, played single boxing, played the tie-up clinch. Didn't let that strong offense get going. But Rod Tang understands the rules of one championship kickboxing and Muay Thai very well. He knows my power combos are going to show up really, really well on the scorecards. And they did. So he was able to close the distance. Patch down again. Able to get a sneaky elbow in here. Uh, able to get, you know, some body kicks and step to the side. The offense is always available against Rod Tang because he's standing right in front of you. But he's also going to try to kill you. And the moment he had an opportunity, he threw combos and fours and fives. And he put a kick on the end sometimes. But other times he would just throw really mean boxing. The kid can fight. He's an all-action fighter. He brings that heat. He is super, super talented. He is must-see TV. Uh, this fight was one of his l lesser fights in term of, terms of entertainment. But in terms of skill and violence and the fight that he brings, Ratang is, is that deal. He's very, very talented. He gets the big win here uh, and remains the flyweight title champion. So... We're going to move from one championship, and we are going to go to the glory kickboxing news as far as their return. So I'll go ahead and uh, summarize you know, their press release that they made July 30th. Uh, basically, it is um, they announced a card for the 2nd and 3rd of October, back-to-back um, -back events, um, glory 76 and 77. The events will take place in Hangar, uh, uh, to a former Dutch naval base located historic, um, uh, uh, a name that I'm going to butcher, uh, Kawik Ain Z. I should have practiced that before, but I didn't know I was going to read that much of this. Uh, but it's just in Amsterdam, outside of Amsterdam. Uh, Glory looks forward to bringing combat uh, sports back to the base, and then um, our combat back to the base. And then, of course, we have some of the participants. There is a four-man middleweight tournament on the first night. Yusri uh, Balgari, Mataj uh, Panez, uh, Itchigurl uh, Bayrock, and then Ulrich Bokim. Uh, and, of course, Bokim is a guy who's uh, had that great run or some really, really good upsets when he fought uh, an infusion. So really solid card there. Um, other people who are um, uh, the winner of the tournament will get the right fight, Alex Piera. Uh, that's middleweight belt. And then the other scheduled bouts uh, will feature, um, we got Norden Mahedin, uh, Junior Tafa will be on it, Lou Whalen will be on it, Muhammad Andof will be on it, and then Alim Nabayev and Ayavan uh, Denenberg are all names that should be on that card. So we're excited for that. Um, other bouts that should we'll see over that weekend for the third, uh, we have... Rakagorian against Johan Kangulo, uh, Tijani Bestadi against Ete Gishan. Uh, that should be a really fun one. Um, heavyweights Antonio Blazabat, uh, uh, Arkidius uh, Warsuk, 
uh, Daniel Marshall and Martin Picasso also be in, uh, will also be in action. I'm not sure against who, uh, but those names were also mentioned. So really excited for that. Also, they are planning to do a, a, you know, a, a bigger card for December 2020. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, they want Rico. Uh, they want Badahari. They want Benz, uh, Jamal Ben Sadiq. Not necessarily against each other, but those are other fights that should be happening over this period of time. So uh, Glory announcing their comeback and it's real, real big news uh, uh, just because we want to get that kickboxing flow going. You know, the, you know, the Muay Thai stadiums have been back and, and just it's really cool because I really do love sports. And if there's a way that we can, you know, part of beating COVID is is to be safe and to take measures, but also if possible. Can we get the things that we enjoy in life? Can we get combat and competition? So if we can do it in a safe way, awesome. So I'm glad that they uh, announced that officially. And um, hopefully we have a, a good year, you know, as far as kickboxing. And uh, I will say this, it does make my year in kickfighting highlight a whole lot easier now. But uh, I'm excited for what's to come from these athletes. So some other news that I want to talk about for sure. Um, it is... Uh, Koshin was still going on. And of course, Koshin, if you guys are familiar with it, it is the young talent finding uh, product that K1 uses. And of course, it started off, you know, back in the day. And, you know, it's got some some solid stars that's come from it. Um, Saki Nori's come from it. Koyurabe's come from it. You know, uh, they, they've done a good job of it and they've kept it going. So this year, 16-year-old Yuya Matsuyama put on an absolute show his left leg ain't no joke his high kicks are smooth his boxing and his aggression are great uh he won the 60 kg tournament but number one 16 years old that's what you have to have the future of the sport must always be groomed who's coming next around the corner must always be prepared it is so so important for the health of anything that the next star be ready to go and yuya matsuyama looks like he's going to be that star he went out there and if you go follow me on twitter steven the warman right if you just look down my uh excuse me steven the warman you just look down my wall you are going to see some phenomenal phenomenal talent uh you know like uh, uh, a phenomenal talent in this kid uh the video is just a quick breakdown of the knockouts and the, the wins that he got over that weekend he ain't no joke this kid can go so definitely shout out to him be watching, pay attention to that name because the kid is legitly talented. Next up, uh, Nicholas, or excuse me, um, <laughs> Nicholas, uh, uh, Leona Pettis gets a victory and then he immediately calls out Takuru, who happened to be there working the corner or happened to be at the event. Takuru comes up, grabs the mic, and says, Let's do it. Drops the mic, walks out of the ring. It is the matchup that a lot of people really wanted to see. They are clearly one and um, uh, one, two, one B, you know, uh, as far as the country goes. Let me, excuse me, let me not say that. Takuro's number one. Number two is Pettis, and he's hoping for the opportunity to fight be number one. Fight's got to happen. It's going to be all action brawl. Can't wait for it to happen. Pettis clearly a little bit more classically skilled, but man. Man, he's got a hard person in front of him in Takuru because even if you've got the basics and the tactics, you know, and the, the technique down, you can't stop this guy. He's just going to keep going, keep punching. So we're hoping for a war there. Should be a lot of fun. So that's just a quick rundown of what's been happening in, the, you know, the, the 
Kickboxing Combat Sports World. Uh, I am going to come back next week with the WBC announced a Hall of Fame, t- you know, 2020 Hall of Fame class for kickboxing and Muay Thai. So I'm going to go down the list of all the guys and tell you who I like, why I like them, uh, and then just make the argument, why would the WBC do this? Why would they have a Hall of Fame so quick uh, without a lot of people defending the WBC title? But we're going to go into that big next week. I just want to make sure that I got back to you guys with that kickboxing fix and that Muay Thai fix because I've been out of the game. So thank you for your time. God bless. Enjoy the podcast and enjoy the return to kickboxing. It's been a lot of fun. All right, peace.